Hi, this is Joe with the Next in Ed podcast series. This school year has been crazy for us so far, and so Julie and Marcy and I have decided that we are going to produce a new interview every other Tuesday. So, please enjoy this week's podcast and know that a new one is coming up very soon. Hi, this is Marcy McNeil, producer of the Next in Ed podcast. If you have a topic you think we should discuss or someone you think we should interview, or if you would just like to give us some feedback, you can email us at nextinedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And now, we hope you enjoy the following episode. Hi. Welcome to Next to Ned. I'm Joe. And I'm Julie. Julie, what's going on? Hey. Hey. How so you, you kind of hit me with something when you came in the yeah. studio today. And uh, I, I Upon, tell, tell a, everybody a, about it. A puzzle. It. Yeah. Oh, I got a text from a friend that asked a question that came from somewhere else. She wasn't personally asking this question. But she said, uh, can a ramp be flat? So when I came in the studio, I posed that to you guys. I was yeah. like, can, can a ramp be flat can a ramp be mm-hmm. flat mm-hmm. and and everyone in here was like i don't think mm. i don't think so. and maybe it was cause for pause it really was <laughs> so it was because I, I think the whole def without knowing the definition but right. i think the definition of a ramp has something to do with right. some kind of incline i would well that's also the question down right i mean can an incline it, be flat is there such a thing as a flat incline i, I don't think i agree with you i don't, I don't think so i think is there that a square is, circle that's kind of <laughs> Is there is there a flat? Is there a flat hill? Yeah, I don't think. Then that's it's a not thing. a hill, that's right? Not a thing, it's just right? flat. So a ramp, by definition, is, has to be sloped. It's, it's an incline is a slope. So. It has an angle. Oh, it's about math. Well, I like. Ooh, I that's like gonna lead into our guest. These questions. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> the math. The math. Yeah. So tell. Well, tell us. Tell okay. us the lead in. Well, first of all, big news today is that another one of our teachers from Mobile County Public Schools. Also from Barton Academy is now top four teacher for the state in the final four for the state teacher of the year this year. Mobile County is racking up. Rocking it. I mean, let's just think about, we just, well, she's not, we just interviewed her, but she's not from Mobile, but um, you were up there. Mm -hmm. Last year I was top four. Yeah. Chastity Collier. Mm -hmm. Teacher of the year. To the top. Yeah. And then our guest today. He made it. He's alternate teacher of the As year. As the for, alternate teacher mm-hmm. of the year. For 2021. Yeah, for the 2021 2020, school year, 20, right? 2021. And yes. And, and he's back. And he's back. And we're excited to have him back because he likes math. That's one thing. And he's from Barton Academy. So they're racking up over there at Barton Academy. Yeah. And uh, he also has a lot to do with what's next in Ed. I think so. so. And, and what I love is that we interviewed him very early on. Mm-hmm. And in our in our podcast in career. our podcast career, mm-hmm. our long our long <laughs> career, uh, but I I have no doubt lots of things have changed for him. So he was it's on just such got better a, and better. Yeah, just he was such on a, a on such a whirlwind <laughs> at the time that we caught up with him. I'm sure it hasn't changed. Well, I know our listeners are dying to know who's here. Go ahead. Okay, welcome back, David Die. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. I'm excited. Oh, we are excited to have you back today. So I mean, it has been. 
it has been a while since we've talked. And so just to kind of recap some of the things that were happening with you uh, the last time we spoke, um, you may not have listened to the episode in a while, <laughs> uh, but things like... You're like, what did I say? You had only been, right, you'd right. only been teaching for three years. You had made it by that point, I think, to the Sweet 16 and we were hoping he would right. make it to the top four, right. I think is what it was and for Teacher did. of the Year. Uh-huh. And you talked about a few other things that you had going on, some grants that you had gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one that was for, with the National Science Foundation. I think mm-hmm. you got some calculators and, and mm-hmm. were able to do some interesting things with those. Also, he wasn't at Barton Academy. You were not at, you were at Bryant at the uh, time. Correct. Yeah. I was at Alma right. Bryant. God, that's a while back. So, well, let's kind of go back to then, if you can get your mind back in that space, and then lead us forward up until today. Tell us what, what's happened since we last talked. Yeah, so I think it was summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you mentioned previously, I was sweet 16, hoping for some good news. Got the good news on my birthday, no less. Oh. I found out I was on a, a, the final four list for the state, um, and then got invited for a virtual interview at the time. And then, you know, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the announcement, didn't know when it was coming. And I think it was a, a teacher work day at Bryant High School. I'm sitting in my classroom. They send me a, a link to the board meeting that was happening at the State Department. And I'm just sitting there and I'm waiting. And my administration's waiting because they're like, well, if he gets it, what are we going to do? Kids come <laughs> right. back tomorrow. Like, wh- right. what's going to happen? <laughs> So I'm sitting there and we're, we're all watching the announcement and, you know, they named me as the uh, state secondary teacher of the year and uh, state alternate. And so uh, fortunately for all of us, I was able to stay in the classroom and continue to, to further my craft, uh, work with the kids in a capacity that is unlike anything we've experienced at that point in time, kind of a Definitely. hybrid environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was last year. I had the chance to uh, fill in for Andy Jackson, who was the 2020-21 Teacher of the Year when he couldn't make some engagements. So I had the chance to attend space camp with the space uh-huh. uh, with the State Teachers of the Year. Nice. Um, I got invited to the national championship game, and I got to, you know, watch Alabama. I was going to say, that was your um, alma mater. Your alma mater, Yeah, yes. so it was really cool. Um, so just building those relationships with those state teachers of the year, getting to meet the national teacher of the year in person, um, and hearing their stories, following their journey has been uh, probably one of the best professional development aspects in my career. Um and then, you know, towards the end of last year, uh, this the school called Barton Academy was reopening. And I was like, what is this? I did my research, reached out to Dr. Jones, uh, sat down for an interview and got offered the position. And so I left Bryant, which was my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, high school. High school. Mm-hmm. After three years uh, being there and started this new journey at Barton Academy this last fall. Um, and we really haven't, you know, had a chance to kind of look back because it's been go, go, go for the last eight months. Right. Yeah. And it's a middle school. Correct. It is a magnet middle school. Uh, our focus is on entrepreneurship uh, in world studies, global studies. Um, and so with me coming down from the high school level, teaching ninth grade geometry with data analysis, uh, eighth grade accelerated math. And so we try and bring in as much project based learning and, and getting the kids engaged and really active in creating products that demonstrate their depth of knowledge and understanding. That sounds very much like what you were doing already. Mm-hmm. But now it's just at a different school. At a, Correct. At a middle school I, level. Because I remember you talking about that in our last interview, the, the kinds of 
the ways that, that you taught and the way that you engage the students with the mathematics. So, I, you know, I, my thought is about the teacher of the year being the alternate is that you kind of got the better end of the deal because you still got to teach. You got to be with your kids, right. but you got some of the perks. Still you got, got to go yeah, to the perks. space camp. You got to go to the game. You right. got to meet a lot of people. So I, that sounds pretty good to me. Well, um, I do follow Barton Academy on Facebook and, and y'all have this thing. Y'all have a couple of teachers who uh, have been to space camp. Right, right. And so um, I did not know that at the time, but as we were getting to know each other, um, Nicole Bolton and Dr. Megan McCall had been to space camp previously. And so the three of us decided on the first Friday of the school year, we're going to put on our flight suits, our space suits, and call it Flight Suit Friday. And it's been a tradition every Friday since the three of us, uh, rain, sunshine, freezing weather, we're in our flight suits. Um, and our parents and students get very disappointed when we don't dress up more, <laughs> more so than I thought. Um, and so that's kind of led to just, a, I don't know, a desire to want to go to space camp. And now we have uh, 13 teachers from Barton Academy on scholarship to attend space camp this <laughs> summer. We've got 32 students currently at Space Camp in Huntsville right now, and I think those numbers are only going to continue to grow. And honestly, they're not all science and math teachers. No, they're they not. Just, they want the flight suit. They want the, yeah. flight. <laughs> they want the flight suit. They want the They want the experience, experience. with you. Yeah. Right. They want to they have that camaraderie Correct. of the experience that yeah. y'all have. And, and with each other. I think mm-hmm. 13 teachers from one school, that's, that's PD right it's there. Un- and that's it's Yes, I think that's great. So I'm, I'm curious because you came from – an established school that had been around. You went to school there. Mm-hmm. What's it like coming in to a school? I, I was able to do that uh, at Dawes Intermediate. Right. It was the the first year they opened. We were there, uh, but but it wasn't structured the way that that Barton is. I think with the emphasis, like you said, on entrepreneurship and project based learning. What has that been like for you to go from? from one school where, you know, things were taught one way to just kind of, it's, it's an inaugural year and you're getting to know the faculty and what's that been like for you? I think it's been a learning journey for all of us. Uh, I think we're all, you know, we feel like family, uh, the year that we've spent together. So I think that has helped kind of, uh, ease the transition, but for all of us, you know, whether we were coming from elementary school backgrounds or from high school backgrounds to the middle school space, a lot of us are teaching new content, uh, new age levels. And so just that comfort of trying to figure out how best to get to know the kids, how best to build those relationships, um, while also knowing what the vision for the school is mm-hmm. going to be. So trying to establish routines, good habits, structure. Um, it's trial and error. I mean, I right. think we do some things well, some things we can improve upon. Always. And as we reflect on the school year moving into next year, I think there are initiatives that we're going to try and, and push just to make sure that there is a little bit more um, focus from the kids, you know, easing them back from two years worth of virtual mm-hmm. hybrid sure. pandemic types yeah, of experiences and getting them, you know, back in person, just the daily habits and routines are things that we're going to try and continue to, to foster. Um, but I don't, it's, one know. thing I went, I have had the chance to visit um, Barton Academy, and I know our producer has. I don't know if you have, Joe, but not yet. I'm going soon. The 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 visit that I got, it, there's a lot of collaboration, mm-hmm. a lot. So that level of collaboration is that higher than when you were in high school? Because I would think that you're pretty much in your classroom silo. Correct. Yeah, the level of collaboration is unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're team teaching, co teaching. We're we're bringing in 
other teachers uh, to teach concepts. We're constantly in and out of each other's classrooms, um, visiting with kids, chatting with kids. Um, and so the level of collaboration that I have and that we all have here at Barton Academy is unlike anything else. Right. Um, and that's across the board, grade level wise, departmentally. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels good when we're all on the same page. Right. Like, I mean, I don't feel like we're all uninterested in, in the results of any one class. Like we're all invested in our kids. We're invested in each other. We're cheering each other on uh, and our success. like my subject and your subject. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I'd love going into Amy McGowan's English class and just listening to her talk about the Odyssey and Shakespeare. I love going into Melissa Motes and listening to AP world history and just learning more. And they come and they visit in my classroom and it's just, um, uh, an atmosphere that, you know, when you welcome visitors and, and they're your peers and we can feed off of each other's energy and, and learn how kids are interacting with us and in each with each other in different classrooms, I think we're better able to meet their needs when, you know, we understand um, what helps our kids learn best. All the way across the board. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, and I'm sure you've um, your motivation and passion has contributed a lot to that. So I, I think across the board, across I think the board, all, that's all of our faculty. That's yes. something. Because one of the things I know when, when people um, departmentalize, mm-hmm. um, even in like fourth grade or fifth grade, is that you don't get to know the students or what they're doing in other classes as well. Right. So that collaboration is so important. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I did have one question because one of the things that we talked a lot about in the first interview was about um, having uh, a lot of uh, variety of students in the classroom and that kind of thing. And I would think that with a magnet school where people apply and it's like a lottery and they draw names and stuff, um, how do you feel about the student population? Do you have a good mix of kids that are excited to be there? And Yeah, I think we've got a great diversity of kids. It's one of the more diverse environments that I've been in as far as um, – gender uh, mix, um, socioeconomic status, racial demographics, ethnicities, nationalities. We've got a quite a blend that really fits well into our global studies kind of mm-hmm. uh, approach to things. And so, you know, each of our kids are bringing in different experiences from all across the county. And I think we try and give them as many opportunities as we can to kind of share, you know, where they're coming from and, and where they're going after they leave us at Barton. And so... Um, the diversity in the student body and the staff, I think, has been um, an asset that we all just truly appreciate, um, knowing that we are learning more about others by being around our kids. Right. You know, the more conversations that we have, the more relationships that we're building with them, um, we're just getting better as people um, and learning how to better navigate this space. That's fantastic. We're here today with David Dye, who is a former alternate teacher of the year for the state of Alabama and a current ninth grade math teacher at Barton Academy. And we were getting into what things are going on and coming up for you next, because last we spoke, you had so much going on. I know that the transfer in schools is not the only thing that's been happening for you. So talk to us a little bit about what else is going on with you. Yeah, so at the beginning of this school year, inspired by some of the stories that I had heard at Space Camp with other state teachers of the year, um, I started a scholarship called the Look Like Me Scholarship with the intent of recruiting specifically teachers of color into education. Um, I think representation for us, um, you know, our kids are not able to see themselves becoming educators, especially students of color, if we don't have teachers of color in front of them. 
you know, giving them uh, a mirror at which they can look and say, oh, I can be a teacher right. because I see somebody who looks like me in this space. Um, and having been the only Asian teacher at every school I've ever taught at, you know, it's, it's one of those things for me too. If I can give back to our community, um, and here we are in Asian American Pacific Islander month in May, Yay. Like if I can give back <laughs> to our community and say, you know, here's an up and coming, you know, Asian student who's interested in being a teacher, if I can help in some way reduce the financial burden of them, you know, going and getting a teaching certification and degree, you know, that is my intent. So I started the Look Like Me scholarship. Um, and, you know, through that process, I've been able to, you know, just talk to a lot of different people in this space of teacher recruitment in general. Um, I've had the chance to work um, with uh, Dr. Upton and Dr. Moore from the University of South Alabama. Uh, they're part of a diversity, equity, and inclusion council. And we're just having conversations about how do we get more students of color interested in teaching? It's like, where do we go to, to reach them? And, and how do we make sure that they have access um, financially and, and otherwise to, to be able to successfully complete um, their degree and giving them that mentorship and um, support as they are early career teachers to retain uh, those teachers. So that's one kind of area where I'm, I'm hoping that as we continue to have these conversations at the next level with colleges and universities that we can build some kind of bridging program between what we're producing here in the county and what we can you know share as far as students are concerned with local universities and colleges. Um, and then that's led me to involvement in our current teacher recruitment uh, fair committee, where um, Dr. Motley from MCPSS is is kind of headlining that, and I'm on the committee to help try and find ways in which we can recruit teachers to our area. Um, and so we're trying to make sure that all teachers, you know, have a voice in in what kind of experience we want our candidates to have in this experience and, and as they come through that they see MCPSS as a great opportunity for them to join a team that is invested in, in our students. So that's kind of that side of, of my journey so far. You know, bringing up that talk, topic, it makes me think about something that, that Marcy and Julie and I have been talking about recently is that something that I noticed and it, and it all came from a conversation that I had with an undergraduate student who had received an award at, at the University of South Alabama. And he said that he was not going into education. And so I asked him why. And he said, well, to be honest, looking on social media and reading the stories of all these teachers of why they're leaving. And I thought there's a gap there because that there's more teachers that are staying and they're not sharing their story. And so these kids that are deciding what they want to do as a career aren't hearing those positive stories of why teachers are teaching, despite the fact that things have been a little challenging, you know, more so recently than in the past. And there needs to be more of that. And I feel like part of what you're doing, I guess, with the recruitment is to share those stories and get right. and, and help people understand why teaching is so important and that there is a lot of good that comes from it. And I've, I've seen a few really good posts from mm -hmm. some, for some mm -hmm. teachers, but I thought it needs to just be, um, it needs to go viral. Other teachers talking about why they're staying as opposed to hearing from those and why they're leaving. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about what you're doing. I had read an article because we got more funding for teachers, right. right that's right. going to come down and that, 
I think Baldwin County had had a teacher fair and right. they had a huge turnout. Right. So I'm hoping it's just like yeah, busters for yeah, you guys. I'm, I'm hoping that we, you know, no competition here, friendly, I suppose. Uh, but we, I'm hoping that we get a lot of people here seeing what we've got going on. Right. Even if they don't come away um, with you know, any kind of certainty, but if, if they're still thinking about not leaving or thinking about staying, um, in education and not seeking out any other profession, then I think we're, we're doing our job to communicate. Like these are the great things that are happening in our classrooms, the great relationships that we're building with our kids, uh, the administration who's super supportive of us, the parents who are super supportive of what we're doing. And I think, like you said, the more, um, new graduates are hearing that the more, you know, teachers who are leaving other places are hearing that, you know, we're doing that here in MCPSS. We're hoping to attract, you know, those types of talents, um, to help, you know, reduce Build as much of, yeah. Well, let me ask, uh, just to clarify now the recruitment is, mm-hmm. and the scholarship is for high upcoming graduating seniors. Yeah. So the scholarship that I'm offering is mm-hmm. for graduating seniors, mm-hmm. students of color who are pursuing, um, you know, a career in education and plan on attending an institution in the state. Okay. And that's kind of my, my focus. And that led me to a conversation with Dr. Motley. Right. And so then she brought me onto this committee. Now the teacher recruitment fair is for new college graduates, okay. um, is for anybody. Pre-service teachers. Pre-service teachers, mm-hmm. well, as well as current in-service teachers oh, who, okay. who may be interested in, you know, uh, a change of scenery mm-hmm. from where they're currently. Um, and so we're looking to recruit from other areas of the state, from different states, anybody who's interested in a change of scenery to come consider MCPSS as that next step for them. So with your scholarship, is it established and ready to go or are you still raising the funding for it? How, what, what's the, yeah, so I'm still, I'm still raising funds. I had a a $2,000 initial goal. I've raised 575 on GoFundMe. Um, but I'm still, you know, moving forward. I've got the application portal open. Um, and it's kind of me just asking students, uh, to write a couple narratives about, you know, why diversity is important for them in education and and why they wanted to be a teacher. And so right now I'm looking for students to apply. Um, and my goal is to award that $2,000 scholarship to a student this year, $500 a year for four years, just to help pay for some of the testing costs, textbooks and, and that sort of thing. So it's such a great idea. That's great. So one of the things maybe we could do is put in the show notes, we could put a link to your GoFundMe page. That would be fantastic, yeah. So we could try to get some more money going into your, your scholarship. I, I would be that. so thankful. And like you said, it's even though you mentioned uh, Dr. Upton and Dr. Moore, who are both in, in my department at mm-hmm. the University of South Alabama, it's not a scholarship exclusive to South Alabama. No, it could correct. Be anybody, correct. Any, any institution in the state of correct. Alabama. Correct, yes. Okay. And I think the conversation there is, how do we start something like this in, in terms of just being intentional in our recruitment mm-hmm. uh, overall within our education programs, whether it, it's South, UA, UAB, you know, Troy, Auburn, wherever we are, you know, in the state or across the country, how are we, you know, seeking out students to, to help fill the void, specifically, you know, students of color for more representation across our faculty? So how, how are we doing that? I mean, you know, you were a high school teacher, I'm mm-hmm. thinking targeting high school um, what are teachers doing to identify students who would make a good educator? 
That's a great like, question. Is there is I mean, do they have any support or leading or or just something that says, "Hey, while you're teaching, think about this." Right. Think about who would be good at this. I mean, that's not that something talk that I heard coming out of my own programs mm-hmm. to, you know, be ambassadors to advocate for our profession and, mm-hmm. and recruit students. I try and do that. Um, but I think there are. It's something um, I think that teachers, particularly high school teachers, yeah, should consider right. when they're teaching. Right. Absolutely. Ongoing. I think there's a future teachers of Alabama program that some high schools have. I think mm-hmm. it's a, a, a club extracurricular activity that students who are interested in education are, right. are considering, you know, doing this and then. But my thought there is that the students that you're wanting are thinking they can't do that. Right. I mean, that's the whole point. Right. That they're not interested because they think they can't. Well, <laughs> they don't I see think, themselves. Yeah. I think it's a mindset, mindset shift with the current teachers in the classroom mm-hmm. to communicate to these students. Yes. But it's also making sure that these students are successful enough to feel like they, they can do exactly. these types of things. Yeah. Like when we're... With the support. They don't have to be the right. A student to be an excellent teacher. Correct. That's right. I mean, I, you, I wasn't. Well, I was, but did, I'm sorry. No, of course <laughs> you were. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't start Not out saying to, I was an excellent. But neither teacher, one of us started I mean, out as uh, in education, a, though. No, neither true. one of us started right. out in education. Uh, education was not my major either. Right. Uh, right so, that's right. Yeah. No, you know, I can't say I didn't have people say, "No, you should be a teacher" or whatever. But I, whatever yeah, negative concepts. To go with what you're saying, maybe it's maybe the mindset has been well. In, in high school, it's the counselor's job to introduce right. the kids to the different types of careers out there, or they take a career prep class or something like that. And maybe the shift needs to be every teacher in every classroom thinking, wow, there's some things about this kid that really stand out. You know, you would right. probably make a pretty good teacher. Right. You right. Should think and about think that. about it. If you're having the best practices, the kind of instruction that David had is in his classroom where they have a lot of collaboration right. Right. and then you have teach, you have kids teaching to learn, you know, they're teaching each other. And then there you go. I mean, there's your, Hey, you really are explaining this so clearly. You are exactly right. Every single person you should target. But if you're not doing that best practice in your classroom, you're not going to see that. If you're handing out worksheets, you're not going to be able to identify that. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's a mindset shift. That's a pedagogical mm -hmm. shift. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's giving up control of your classroom in in a way that allows your students to be actively engaged in supporting each other's learning. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, like you said, Julie, you can identify students who have a knack for communicating right. content right. in a way that's understandable, digestible for their peers. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell my kids all the time, I think you would make a great teacher. I hope you consider that. We'll see. And, and I've got some students who are like, yeah, but I don't know if I could do what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> but you planted the seed. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And right. then they, they, that'll come back to them. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, maybe that is something I want to do. Well, I, it has been oh, a joy to get thing. to, to catch done. up. Oh, no, wait, we've what? got one more thing. Oh, he's got one more thing? Yeah, at least one more thing. Okay. <laughs> there might be more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hit us with it. What yeah, so so the last thing uh, I think that Julie is hinting at. Um, so I was recently nominated to apply for the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics Board of Directors seat. Um, and this is uh, a national, national, it's the United States and Canada as far as an institution goes, and it serves teachers from both countries. Um, and I wrote my application essay on the platform of teacher recruitment, specifically using my scholarship as the impetus for why we need to be more intentional recruiting teachers of color in mathematics and um, was recently elected to serve um, as a board of director 
for the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. Uh, my term starts October 1st, and I will serve for three years. So I'm hoping that we can do some national initiatives to really Just, help with, you know, recruitment. That is big time. Yeah, that's fantastic. And to think you did all of it and you're like... And you're like 19 years old. Right? Yeah, I was just joking. I know you're older than 19, but I mean, you've been teaching like four years. So, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Four or five years. It's crazy. That's fantastic. What an honor to yeah. be a part of that, and that and what is. a opportunity to really make an impact, right, on a large scale, right? Yeah, I mean, that's I, exciting. When we talk about representation in, in spaces that help, you know, make decisions that really impact the lives of our students and teachers and you know the fact that i get a voice you right. know, in this you gotta capacity, sit at the table yeah it's huge it's it is big and the nctm it's it's, it's, oh, big. I know. it's big. well uh, i'm glad you uh called me to stop on that because that was big news yes. to hear right, right here at the yeah. end so I, I look forward to seeing how that goes for you and, and maybe we can get you back at some point and and talk about that yeah that'd, that'd be, be really cool always a pleasure with their conversation, David. Thank you Always so much, good. Joe. Thank you, Julie I, and Marcy. I, I love being here. I appreciate well, all the work that you time. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. And um, really appreciate you taking the time today. I know it was, you know, another long day of school and having to drive over. But And you've got a, a great shirt on today. Yeah. yeah. Show, show your so, shirt. Show so your shirt. great teachers change lives. This is the slogan that the Extra Yard for Teachers program uh, uses and says um, as they you know, have this uh, initiative with the college football playoff the last couple of years of, of supporting classroom teachers and making sure that they feel supported, appreciated funding projects, and then and really highlighting their work all across the country. Well, you've certainly done that here in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank those of you for listening or watching today. And be sure to join us next time as Julie and I continue to explore what's, what's next, next in ed. ed. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you heard, please rate and review this podcast so others can find us. The Next in Ed podcast is brought to you by the Mobile County Public Schools IT Department in partnership with the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences at the University of South Alabama. Engineered by Tim VP Media Production. Music by Justin Matthews. Hosted by Dr. Joe Gaston and Julie Neidhart. Follow us on Twitter at NextInEd and on Facebook. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only. They are not necessarily acting as official representatives for their schools, universities, organizations, or places of employment. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.